0: Geekville Radio. I am not a bounty hunter. I've heard otherwise. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, geeks and geekettes. This is Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio dusting off the cobwebs a bit. Uh, sorry we haven't done a show in a number of weeks here. We did a whole bunch of stuff for Halloween that actually, as far as examining the doctor, we're still churning out commentary for horror and Fang Rock, but that's for another show. I'm here to talk the book of Boba Fett and also the newly released Marvel movie, The Eternals. And uh, I am saying uh, myself in singular because Train unfortunately, is, is not here. I'll be flying solo for... This episode, but I really wanted to put something out there about the Book of Boba Fett trailer and the Eternals, because people have been asking me in real life, too, about Eternals, what can we expect and such. But we'll get to Eternals later. That'll kind of be the meat of this episode. I first want to talk about the Book of Boba Fett trailer, because when I first heard that there was going to be a show called The Book of Boba Fett, first off, I was overjoyed because we had been hearing... Rumors about a Boba Fett movie, really, I think going all the way back to, I think, possibly even before Disney bought Star Wars in 2012, before they bought Lucasfilm, because I remember Joe Johnston saying that uh, he would love to do a Boba Fett movie and had an idea in his head because he was one of the people that actually helped with the look of the character. So finally seeing Boba Fett getting his own series, I couldn't be happier ab- about it. And I know some people look at Boba Fett as being a secondary character, and I certainly would not argue against that, but I also think that he's a good enough of a character that he can carry his own series. Maybe not necessarily a movie like what they did with Rogue One and Solo. I'm not so sure a standalone Boba Fett movie would, would work, like at least not on that degree of success, but I think it's perfect for a Disney series, much like characters like the Winter Soldier or Hawkeye, who probably wouldn't get their own standalone big screen movie. They work just fine having a series in Disney Plus. So when I first heard that there was going to be one, I thought it was going to be essentially Boba Fett tracking down all the people that had wronged him or double-crossed him or something to that effect. You have failed this galaxy or something like that, to make the era reference. But it looks very much like it's go- just going to pick right up where that teaser left off where he guns down Bib Fortuna and essentially just sits on Jabba's throne. I think just about every pen and paper tabletop gamer probably jumped for joy at that scene because I think everybody kind of wants to do that to an extent when they play bounty hunter or scoundrel type characters. Just gun down the biggest fish in the pond and then just sit in their throne and say, okay, any objections? but it does look like this is going to be essentially a reorganization of that CD underbelly you might say. Jabba, of course, was a crime lord. This may not necessarily be a crime thing. It looks like it is more of an organized possibly smuggling, possibly bounty hunting, who knows. But cuz Boba Fett had that line of why are we in such competition when cooperation would make us all rich. And the thing of him telling these other fellow scoundrels, for lack of a better term, that he welcomes them talking freely, which is something Jabba never would have done. So it'll be interesting to see who winds up being the antagonist of the story. It does look like there's a few more of those brain droids or whatever you call them, because right in the beginning of the trailer, you see one. Even going back to the history when Return of the Jedi first came out, the story was that those little spider droids... It actually had a brain inside of it, like a, a human brain. And that was like Jabba's ultimate kind of humiliation or game for people is he would put these, these this brain inside this spider robot body where they can't age and can't eat and stuff like that. And Jabba just kind of laughs at him and treats him like a pet. That's what those creatures allegedly are. And you can actually see the brain in that little kind of fruit punch bowl of a body that it has. I'm pretty sure everything we saw in the trailer we're going to see in the first episode. It just seems like it's that setup for whatever the series is going to go to after that. I don't know whether we'll see any other characters from The Mandalorian or any other Star Wars characters. I always kind of assumed that the Rangers of the New Republic series, if it's even going to happen anymore, I always kind of figured that that was going to be kind of the Avengers of this Filoni verse, or whatever you want to call it, all these Disney Plus Star Wars series. I always kind of thought *Rangers of the New Republic* was going to be the the gathering of them all. So we'd have Mandalorian, we'd have Ahsoka, have, we'd have Boba Fett, and many of these other characters that are around the same at the same time, and having them all interact. Maybe we'll get that. Maybe we won't. It'll be interesting to see whether Boba Fett actually does gain control of this criminal underground, so to speak, and really how much action there's going to be, because it doesn't look like it's necessarily going to center around bounty hunting. It looks like there will be other things at work here. Will they be part of a crime ring similar like what we saw in Solo with Tobias Beckett and and his group? Or will they become some sort of guild like the Bounty Hunter Guild? And we'll see if this lays any ground for what the sequel trilogy will be. we we'll we clearly getting some breadcrumbs dropped or some nuggets dropped about the sequel trilogy in The Mandalorian with the attempts at cloning Grogu. So we'll see what happens. So definitely looking forward to this. As of this recording, we're about six or seven weeks away from it premiering at the end of 2021 on Disney+. Plus, and I will be eager to review the first episode when it hits. So with that, we're going to shift gears and go into the Eternals. The big question is, of course, who are the Eternals? Because this is not exactly the first superhero group that rolls off the tongue of any comic book fan. Certainly even most Marvel fans, I think, probably aren't that terribly familiar with them because they haven't really been at the forefront of Marvel stories very much. And I was actually surprised that they were even doing doing an Eternals movie when I heard it coming out. But I think to properly explain the Eternals, we have to go back to arguably the greatest artist of all time in the history of comics, that being Jack Kirby. And if you already know who Jack Kirby is, obviously you can skip ahead a few minutes here. But if you're listening and you've heard of Jack Kirby and... You're curious as to why he's revered as much as he is. Well, that's because Jack Kirby was partners with Stan Lee for so many of the classic Marvel characters. He even goes back further than that. In 1941, he helped create Captain America himself, Steve Rogers, before there was even a Marvel Comics. So he was one of those guys that predates Marvel, but yet is still kind of intertwined with Marvel's history because Jack Kirby helped create the looks of people like Doctor Strange, people in the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and such. He, he and Stan were just a, a legendary duo. And towards the end of the 1960s, I, Jack Kirby was getting a little frustrated because he wanted to write as well as draw. And please understand, this is long before Stan Lee was the publisher. For Marvel. Stan at this point was just a writer. There were people over his head, so to speak. Stan was in the prime of his writing, so he was not the Marvel boss that he would become later on as the publisher. But Kirby wanted to write as well as draw. He wanted to be known as more than just a comic book artist. So he left Marvel for DC just for that reason. And DC paid him to Write a series called The New Gods. And this does factor into Eternal. So stay with me here. Long story short, he created The New Gods. This is where characters like Darkseid and Orion came from. And Darkseid, of course, not at first, but later on became a huge villain for DC and to the point where people look at Thanos as basically being Marvel's Darkseid, which I think has always been a fair comparison. But he was creating all this god lore. For lack of a better term, with the new gods. Well, that title got canceled before Jack could finish the story. It was never fully completed. It always was just kind of left unfinished. And Marvel came knocking on his door and said, "Hey, we'll let you write over here as well. So if you want to, if you want to write for us as well as draw, fine. We'll we'll take you back." So Jack went back to Marvel and started work on the Eternals, which was essentially a retelling of the new gods just with different characters. And unfortunately for Jack, that also got canceled before he could finish it. Now, later on, I believe in the 80s, I want to say Mark Grunewald, when his run on Thor, I think, wound up that part of the story. He connected Thor to the Eternals because, you know, God. But you really can't talk about the Eternals without mentioning Jack Kirby because he was their creator And he is the reason why a lot of the mythology, you might say, exists in Marvel. And Kevin Feige did refer to this movie as, quote, full-on Jack Kirby, unquote. At least I think I got that quote right. Paraphrased, at least. This is supposed to be a faithful adaption of the look of Jack Kirby from the 70s. And we did get a peek of that in the Doctor Strange movie there there was a lot of kirby-esque visuals there and you can go back and listen to the review of the train i had of that movie i guess wow it's like five years ago now already that that movie came out but we reviewed that and pointed out how kirby-esque it looked but that's the real life history that's that the in short jack kirby left marvel for dc created the new gods that got canceled. So he went back to Marvel and tried to create a Marvel version of new gods with the Eternals and that got canceled. That's the real life history. Now here's the fictional history of the Eternals. So if you were trying to find where to skip to, if you want to skip past the Jack Kirby stuff, here's where you can pick back up. In short, the Eternals can be best described as Marvel's own version of mythology. In the sense that's their take on how the universe began. In Marvel's case, the universe was created by a race called the Celestials, basically these cosmic level beings. You, know, you, you want to call them gods or or whatever, whatever description works for you. you, know, the, you know, the celestial level creatures called Celestials, kind of fitting. But they also created a living race of beings called the Eternals, and these were like the earliest forms of life and what would eventually lead to mankind, but they were superior in basically just about every physical sense. Now, after creating this race of beings in the Eternals, the Celestials did experiment on some of the Eternals, and that led to negative results. This led to the creation of another race of beings called the Deviants, and they're kind of been looked at as being the evil Eternals because they were experimented on, things went wrong, and now they're bad. This also means that these characters are a million years old, but yet still appear to be young to middle age. The differences between Marvel's characters, and there are differences between Marvel's characters and actual mythology, much like there's the Norse mythology and then Marvel's version of Norse mythology. Now, for simplicity's sake, we're only going to talk about the characters that will be appearing in the film. And these characters are explained that the humans who wrote the mythology got some of things wrong about the real characters, you know, kind of a creative license, so to speak. So we will go through the names of each of the characters here, and I'll give a a brief background, and we'll talk about who's playing these characters and maybe some of the differences that might be between them and the comics, and it'll also give what I think is going to happen, because as of this recording, I have not seen the film. It did open to something like 70 million opening weekend, which in this post-COVID world is pretty impressive, but I'm still going to wave the spoiler tag, because I, if, if I'm right here, then... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Some stuff will get spoiled, so I'm going to wave the spoiler tag. All right, with that out of the way, here are the Eternals that we know are going to appear in the film. We'll start with Ajax, A-J-A-K. And Ajax based Ajax with an X, the character in Greek mythology, Ajax the Great. And he's also kind of mixed with the Aztec god, Quetzalcoatl, who was the Aztec god of life. Traditionally, Ajax was depicted as being male. He was the greatest warrior in Greek mythology and was one of the strongest in all the heroes. Now, in the comics, the character was recently changed to a female, probably to match the MCU counterpart. This is explained that since these characters are effectively gods, they can change their appearance over time. So you could kind of say they're Time Lords for the obligatory Doctor Who reference, but Selma Hayek will be playing Ajak in the film. Druig, D-R-U-I-G, he is not based on any particular mythological character. However, Druig does sound a bit like Druid, and it's believed that his existence in the Marvel Universe is what led to Druids. He isn't eternal by creation, but turned evil and power-hungry. Actor Barry Kagan, hopefully I'm saying that right, is the actor who will be portraying him. Gilgamesh is also based on mythology, only in this case, Middle Eastern mythology. He was also a warrior, but his story is mainly told in the Epic of Gilgamesh, which actually is one of the oldest pieces of written literature to still exist. He will be played by actor Don Lee. We have Icarus, yes, as in Icarus of Greek mythology, This is the character whose father, Daedalus, created wings for him to fly, which he flew too close to the sun and the wings melted, so he fell to his death. It's a pretty safe bet we will see Icarus fly. In the comics, he does not have wings and flies much in the way most superheroes are depicted as flying. Icarus has died in the comics before, but like every comics character, he was resurrected later, so don't be surprised if Icarus kicks a bucket in this movie, only to return in Eternals 2. And Richard Madden plays Icarus. Kingo. In the comics, Kingo was depicted as Japanese. He lived in Japan and became a samurai. Hundreds of years later, he became a famed action movie star, often portraying samurai in films. The MCU version, played by Kumail Nanjiani, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, is depicted as a Bollywood actor. I don't know if there'll be a musical number, but there'll be a perfect opportunity to went in i don't know why they made the character indian rather than japanese i could only suspect that maybe they just wanted to have a character like that rather than a japanese character because well we've already had other asian characters in marvel already we really haven't had uh, an indian one chronos is rumored to be in the film at some point. I don't think it's actually been truly confirmed. There's probably leaks out there. There's probably spoilers out there. Cronos is rumored to be in the film at some point. I, maybe it's been confirmed in spoilers somewhere, but I don't know of it being officially confirmed, at least before the movie came out. He is based on the Greek god Cronus, who was actually a titan. And in mythology, titans ruled over the gods. It's also no coincidence that Thanos was called a titan. Cronus in mythology is depicted as being a corrupt and tyrannical ruler, so it's a pretty safe bet that if he's in this movie, he will probably be revealed as a villain. Makari, that's spelled M-A-K-K-A-R-I, is actually one of, if not the very first Eternal that was created. and um, The name is kind of a play on the name Mercury, because he is based on the Roman god Mercury. Mercury, of course, was depicted as being very fast. The Greek counterpart, Hermes, was also very fast and acted as a messenger between humans and gods. So it'll stand to reason that Makari will be the person who winds up like Ajax. Macari was traditionally depicted as male, but was reborn as female, probably because Lauren Ridloff will be playing her big screen version. Fastos, hopefully I'm saying that right, based on Hephaestus, the Greek god of forge, or crea- creating stuff, building. In mythology, he was the son of Hera and married Aphrodite. He fashioned armor, forged weapons, designed all sorts of jewelry and other objects. And in the comics, he has been depicted as a pacifist who refuses to take part in war. He lived as a human for many, many years on Earth. And Brian Tyree Henry will be playing him in the film. Cersei, S-E-R-S-I, is based off... Circe, that is C-I-R-C-E, it's a very similar spelling. Cersei is a goddess in Greek mythology. She's perhaps most famous for having the ability to turn people into pigs. It's worth noting that DC Comics does have their own version of Circe, who has appeared in the pages of Wonder Woman, because a lot of Wonder Woman is also based on Greek mythology. She'll really be played by Gemma Chan. Cersei's comic and MCU counterpart is more of a lover than a trickster and is romantically linked to Icarus. Sprite, much spelled just like the soda, and much like druid, Sprite is not based on any particular god or mythological character, but there are many Sprites throughout mythology. In mythology, Sprites are usually depicted as smaller, more childlike beings who are tricksters. They often use magic or illusion to mess with others to either do their bidding or mislead them to misfortunes. Leah McHugh, hopefully I'm saying that right, will play a female Sprite. This is the role that Millie Bobby Brown was rumored to be considered for a few years back. And she's not evil, just a troublemaker. And my prediction, my hunch is she will wind up siding with it the, by, the, by the end of the story. Athena, the character Athena, is a pretty easy one to explain. She's based on Athena, the Greek goddess of war. This is the character Angelina Jolie will play. I've said before in real life, I don't think we need any convincing to buy Angelina Jolie as a goddess of war. In the comics, Thena had a relationship with Cronus, who became the merciless ruler of the Titans. It's a pretty safe bet this will be part of the story on film as well. Now, that's all of the characters that I know of. Maybe there's going to be a few that I didn't get to. My apologies if I didn't get to them. I'm definitely interested to see if they will bring in other characters for future films or how things will go on from here. Because one of the biggest questions that has been asked about the Eternals is, if these people were around at the creation of the universe, why did they not step in to stop Thanos, especially since they would likely be on his power level, with, with Thanos being connected to Eternals? I don't know if he was a Deviant per se, but actually his origins do come from him essentially being connected to the Eternals. But this is purely my speculation. I don't know for sure. Maybe it's been confirmed somewhere. But if you truly are talking celestial-level characters who created universes, chances are they know that there's more than one universe. They know that there is a multiverse out there, and the one that Thanos was in is only one of them. Like Doctor Strange had said, he saw like 14 million different combinations or something like that. I don't know if there are 14 million different realities, but... It's common knowledge to a lot of the galactic or cosmic or celestial level characters that one universe is small fries to them. You know, it's it's a marble in the collection, so to speak. So that's been my thought as to why they did not step in during the Infinity Stone saga. It was just one reality. And maybe they already knew the future. Maybe they knew it was going to turn out to be okay in the end anyway. So that's just my thought. I'm curious to hear what you folks think. This is a abbreviated edition of Geekville Radio, because I'm sitting here by my lonesome in the mobile underground bunker. Don't ask me how underground bunker is mobile. We're not going to sweat the details, but we will be back soon. I know Trey and I got some more stuff lined up for Geekville. We're going to have some holiday programming made for Thanksgiving or Christmas, fun stuff on the horizon. I do want to thank you folks for listening. If you're listening to us for the first time, we're at geekvilleradio.com. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Twitter at Geekville Radio. We're on the podcatcher of your choosing. Just do a search for Geekville Radio. You'll get all of our shows. Obviously, this one, you'll get Examining the Doctor, which is about Doctor Who, Examining the Dead, where Train and I talk horror. You'll also get Nostalgia Trip, which is just like it sounds. is about pop culture of old, as well as the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame, where we talk about some of the underappreciated characters in the history of pop culture and geekery so let us know what you think give us a follow give us a like give us a review let us know what we're doing well let us know what we're doing not so well as i always say i enjoy and listen to feedback especially when it's genuine yeah even if it's negative if it's genuine i'll take it seriously so i'm gonna shut down the power here in the geek radio studios we'll be back sooner rather than later. Thank you, folks, for listening, and we will talk to you again next time. Are you looking for a gaming-themed podcast? Now check out You Just Got Frag. Join host Jared Aubrey and his panel of gaming enthusiasts as they discuss news and accomplishments in the gaming world and, of course, the gripe of the week. That's all at youjustgotfrag.com, part of the Wrestling Brethren podcast family. all time lords and ladies Geek Go Radio presents Examining the Doctor a weekly look at everybody's favorite time lord the doctor join Mark and Seth as they bring their signature blend of knowledge and humor to favorite and not so favorite episodes of Doctor Who from Hartnell to Capaldi "Examining the Doctor provides episode commentaries for classic and current Doctor Who fans alike "Examining the Doctor available on iTunes Stitcher and at GeekGoRadio.com. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the host and or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, A1-Wrestling.com, or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers, all rights reserved.